Child Care Bar and Grill Podcast. Jeff Johnson here, Samantha Balch over there. How Hi. you doing, Sam? Doing pretty good. How are so, things over yonder? Uh, great. I had a I had a a brainstorm the other day of something I might want to do, although it it strikes me as something a certain kind of hipster would do, and I totally don't want to be that. Um, Please continue. So let me tell you about this, and then you can tell me if I should move forward. So um, I, I cut off about six months ago, cut off cell service on my phone because right. I realized I don't go anyplace. And so okay. just use it on the Wi-Fi. And I never call anybody, so just use it on the Wi-Fi. But I did, uh, I did turn on a uh, VOIP, voice over internet po- protocol phone on via the Zoom and so I've got, I've got, I've got phone access, but just right here in the studio where I would only be using it. But then I found out the other day that there's a little device I can get to plug into my router that would convert the, the signal, the pulse signal from an old rotary phone. Now you're too young to know what a rotary phone is, Sam. These are back in the old days, we had to dial our telephones. Um, the old days, we had telephone numbers. Yes, yes. And so I could plug one of those into the computer and use the old school 1950s 40-pound uh, nuclear blast-resistant old school telephone uh, over the, the internet for things. In fact, I think the way it would work is I could use that as my microphone here and actually be sitting here while we're recording podcasts. That's an arm the, workout, uh, too. You'd have with, to be yeah, switching yeah, back and forth. Those, those handsets weighed about 95 pounds. And so after I realized that, and this little, this little boxy thing, it's, it's like 50 bucks. And then I went on the, the eBay, and there are just way too many choices of old school phones i could actually get a an old school 1950s ma bell red like bat signal telephone that i they could have plugged in here in the studio but then it, the hipster thing kind of bothers me would that be something a a certain kind of hipster would do i will say that you make fun of me for not knowing what a rotary phone is and that's not entirely unfounded to be fair. Um, and I have a delightful memory of one summer when my grandparents were visiting our house. My mother asked if she could have the old rotary phone and she and my grandfather worked to take it apart and hook it up to the landline. And for a while that was our phone because my mom is also that certain kind of hipster. I feel like you and my mom would get along really well actually over these past two episodes. <laughs> so we had that phone and I thought it was cool as hell. This, like you said, 95 pound phone mm-hmm. where it took you three minutes to dial the number. Sure. And then if you did it wrong, you had to do it all over again. Yeah. Yeah. But then I'd, I'd, if I got that, then I'd have to get the old, when I was a kid, my grandparents had this thing. It's, a, it's just this metal thing. It was a, it was where they kept their phone numbers and you'd slide this little dial to the, to the letter and you'd push this button and it would open up and they're inside they had all the cards with with people's phone numbers and you'd you just have it alphabetized and so i'd have to find one of those listeners we are about two years away from having the show via telegraph yeah 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 and i'd have to work on my penmanship so i'd be able to (laughs) read the phone numbers i wrote down um but then again i only make maybe i don't know eight phone calls a year so isn't um, it worth it it, it, would, it might be worth it, but but would it fall into that certain kind of hipster category that I, I I might abhor being a part of? 
I think in a way we all become that with which we fervently hate and we have to accept it, you know? Like there are always going to be dark, horrible parts of ourselves that enjoy things like hipster nonsense or avocado toast or Uh kombucha. Yeah. And maybe instead of fighting against it, should just embrace it. it. Just let it happen. I mean, or I could not talk about it on podcasts. I mean, right. I or, could, yeah, you could just yeah, keep it a secret. Like, about it. I think it's, I think it's much cooler to air it. And yeah, yeah. Well, I got to <laughs> talk about happens. something. I fully support it. I think it sounds yes. History, but also it requires a level of tech dorkdom uh-huh. in order to accomplish well, yeah. but I think it's not too, it's not too pretentious and gross. You have my blessing. And if there was ever a burglar, I'd have something to whack him upside the head with. Um, that's what's important. I mean, you can't you can't whack a burglar upside the head with a with that iPhone. It's not going to do no because your iPhone will break. You might be able to so. throw it at them like a like a throwing star, but it's not going to it's not going to cause much damage. So, um, I guess that's another reason I could uh, I could. Uh, I could pull it off. Well, now listeners, please stay off of the eBay. Uh, I don't want you. I don't want you outbidding me for phone. for my uh, for my phone. Uh, I'll keep you definitely get the red one goes. though. Oh yeah, well, like the one the ones that were in the White House. Like get that one. Yeah, yeah, that would be because that's the kind I think on the the original the old Adam West Batman show. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the kind they had uh, in the commissioner's office. Um, so we're talking rock and roll childcare. What's that about? What's that about is, again, I mentioned this last episode we recorded, um, Jeff made the mistake of giving me his phone number once, and now I just text him weird shit. And I texted him a text that my sister sent me at six in the morning, my time. And the text is, it's a screenshot from Twitter. Um, Former Vietnamese restaurant may become rock and roll themed daycare center. And then it links to the news story, to which my sister then texts, I just wanted you to see the phrase rock and roll themed daycare. And I, it's six in the morning, am now losing my mind at the mental image of caregivers and also infants dressed as Elvis Presley. So I thought that was really interesting. And then I had a lot of thinking. A, what other ridiculous themed daycares could we come up with? B, how can one take their personal passion and apply it to their program or center in a way that is developmentally appropriate? Because I think there is room for that if you're passionate about rock and roll or basket weaving or medieval art. I, th- I think there's room for it. And I'm not quite sure how, but I think there's room. Wanted to talk it out. Well, I think this is great. Um, look, we're we've 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 bantered about bander bantied bantered banter. We've we've discussed the, uh, the the idea of doing a episode on central planning. And uh, one thing I along those lines, one thing I abhor about a lot of early learning settings is that they they're they're cookie cutters right they all order their stuff from the same catalog and including their curriculum and there there's no there's nothing special about them 
And that's that's kind of sad. Now, now, look, I'm being a dick. There's absolutely special stuff about them. I'm sure. I'm sure there are there are special people working in them and those kind of things. And right, and that's the thing. But for the sake of pod, yeah. I mean, but for I mean, really, the design is the same. The floor plan is the same. And then you get into the chain things, and and it makes it it makes it very hard for anybody to put their own spin on things. and so the idea of rock and roll preschool, rock and roll childcare is, is delightful for me. And if you, hey, if you work at the rock and roll childcare center and the, it, where, is a San Fran? This is in Virginia. This is in but Virginia. But apparently, apparently it, this is like a franchise opportunity kind of thing. Oh, great. So I think they're more like their upper mid-Atlantic place. Yeah, I don't well, 100% know. Please don't sue me. So, listener, oh. if you happen to be working at the uh, the uh, rock and roll childcare franchise, I'd love to I'd love to hear more about it. Um, I'm guessing that there the rooms are named after after different types of rock and roll. So there's the there's like the rock rockabilly infants, and there's the the grunge toddler room. I was gonna say the toddlers are grunge. Yeah, toddlers, the toddlers are, totally are entirely '90s Seattle grunge. It's just Pearl Jam in that room. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and um, they get a big, big, uh, big poster of uh, Kurt Cobain on on the wall. Alt rock, yeah. four year olds. Yeah, yeah, um, maybe. 100%. Maybe some some swing going on someplace. But if they got a, maybe, maybe they got a, a a gym space, so they uh, maybe maybe a Brian Setzer playing all the time. Um, a lot of twisting going on. Uh, all the staff wearing fake. Are, are they all wearing the the fake Elvis sideburns or or no? In in my head, they were like the first image that came to my head was like me wearing fake sideburns and like that one El- that one elvis outfit from like his comeback tour mm-hmm. um and so but so too were the children i don't know why my brain immediately went no it's rock and roll it's rock and roll um, i'm like well all so, right so please make that your uh, halloween costume for for the uh, the coming year i i need to i, I need to see I that. that um and uh and so Man, what 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 goes on in rock and roll preschool? Um, the I I, I I imagine there's there there's got to be a lot of musical instruments. There's got to be a stage someplace. I feel like there's a decent amount of like holding true to the ethos of rock and roll. There's a decent amount of you know trying to fight for oneself and one's own liberties. Sure, and sure. you know class struggle kind of things yeah unless they i mean unless they sold out right <laughs> you know um there's there's uh, on the playground they've got those uh those those big cases those gear cases that the roadies haul around and and so i mean that's how that's how they bring lunch out right the lunch comes out yeah, of the kitchen and in one case. of those roadie roadie uh wheelie things and then they open that up and and they get the lunches out of that that'd be great um there's got to be one of those. Uh, back in the olden days, there was a a movie. Um, what's his name? Tom H- Tom Hanks was in it. Uh, what was it? Uh, big. Um, he oh, got yeah, big. Uh, the yeah. piano. Yeah, the piano yeah. It's got to have one of those. Totally got to be have one of those uh, those those piano things on the floor. Um, I think it's so funny that like this is where our brain goes when we hear it. You know, we get we immediately go to these things, and I did look more up about it mm-hmm. and my it's first not, reaction is it not was, any of those things 
it's very few of those things. And my first reaction was, I feel like your name is giving off an impression that maybe is a great marketing idea because we're talking about it. <laughs> and maybe, I mean, if Jeff had a three-year-old, Jeff might be very disappointed that there isn't a Kurt Cobain poster in his child's room. So not a lot of, uh, um, I'm thinking uh, Aerosmith, not a lot of, not, not a lot of scarves tied every place. It seemed to me like it was, like there was a very deep, just obviously never visited this place, only ever read the website, that there was a very deep intention in the idea of music being part of the everyday curriculum, which I thought was pretty cool based on what we just talked about, about this idea of like, there are so many prepackaged curriculums in classrooms like they were, they, their website talks a lot about this idea of music being a part of every day and different kinds of music and having group music and one-on-one -on -one music. And I'm like, how do you do one-on-one -on -one music with a toddler? How do you do one-on-one -on -one much things with a toddler? But I'd love to learn, um, love to learn more about how you do that. Um, were there any pictures? I don't recall too many that weren't like stock photos of children playing but none, none of them like, wearing like leather jackets no none of them pop. were none of them looked like groupies unfortunately okay well see okay well then i'm i'm not a fan anymore uh because they it sounds like a marketing thing like you said and but look this goes on all all the time in early learning there are places that that tack on the the word and hey listeners if if any of the stuff I'm going to rant about here in the next couple of minutes is your program, I apologize, but, but we love look, you dearly. I, I, I probably, I, I probably have a point to make and maybe it's valid. Okay. So a lot of programs and maybe this isn't your program listener, but um, programs will attack Academy onto the end of their, of their name to make them sound like uh, there's a lot of learning going on and that it's right. a, an academic place and people will use the word. Oh, I don't know. They'll use something like uh, Montessori when they are absolutely not a Montessori program, but it's, it's marketing because somebody saw on one of the mom, mommy blogs that uh, Montessori was the thing. And so they send this Waldorf. program to something. Yeah. I mean, Waldorf. All this stuff. I love when people use the phrase Reggio. <laughs> like sure. They use it like a phrase, like it's a place. Yeah. Montessori is and... a lady. <laughs> like, <laughs> but... Nobody ever says it's a very dewy school. <laughs> <laughs> Well, unless it's just, I mean, unless it's, it's, it's been really humid out or something. Right. I mean, it's very wet. It's very, very dewy school. I'd rather, I'd rather go to a dewy preschool than a moist preschool. That would be. That Fair point. Be good at all. Um, so, it, so the rock and roll preschool isn't really all that rock and roll. They're, they're I, corporate, right? They're totally corporate. They've sold out. I think maybe slightly. Yeah. But again, not saying this to make anybody who might be affiliated with them feel bad, just saying that I did have a specific image in my head of what was going to occupy this former Vietnamese restaurant. I want them to feel bad. If they're going to be rock and roll, they should fucking be rock and roll. You, the, rock rock and roll is a really specific thing. There should be a there should be a fucking seventy inch plasma TV on the wall blasting old MTV episodes, or I mean, they should be twenty four hour MTV blasting uh, all all day should long. Be. I mean, that sounds great, actually. I think it would be delightful. Um, happy, happy birthday, MTV. Just a couple of weeks ago, I think they celebrated their 40th yeah. anniversary. So, uh, uh, and I'm not talking, I'm not talking MTV that you remember, Sam. I'm talking real I know. MTV. Um, no, you're talking about that, the Dire Straits song. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, talking. My, 
<laughs> yeah, uh, and 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 uh, oh oh the staff the, the staff of Rock and Roll Preschool should all look like young Joan Jett. That's that's I mean that's a I mean that's that's got to be that's not discrimination. That's just a requirement. That be a of requirement. The or I mean, I'll go go goes. Um, you, you know, uh, uh, you can also look like George Michael. Oh, well, I mean, why, why not? Because I mean, George Michael, great guy. Um, and that, in that one video where he's, he's, he's got it again, we're talking about butts again, but, uh, that, that one video that the butt, he kind of doing that little butt shake uh, at the beginning yep. of the song and then yep. he turns around, um, but not up to the level of Jimmy Smith's. Um, but George Michael, I mean, I don't hey, think we props, would ever cheat on you. Props. Yeah. <laughs> props, man. Uh, good, butt, good, butt, um, George. Um, so what other, what other um, marketing preschools would you like to see? Oh man, what else could we do? Like, I would like to see SpaceX preschool. There we go. There we go. The entire school's in zero gravity. Oh also, yeah. yeah. It's taught by robots. There are no adults. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's and that robot that Elon Musk just came up with. It's just yeah, that robot. I saw that yesterday. That, that looks that pretty awesome. Um, and also <laughs> it, there would be, it would be a, uh, a hologram head floating head of Elon Musk would be in all the classrooms. <laughs> just, uh, just talking about stuff. Uh, there would be Elon Musk's uh, flame flow throwers on the playground. That sounds good. Yeah. There, there would be a, a mini That's natural um, risk management right there. Sure. Absolutely. There'd be um, one of their, their, bo his boring companies, uh, boring machines, but a kid sized one. So these kids just hopping down and digging tunnels under the building and everything. Um, there would be, there would be drones and rockets all over the place. It would be very STEMI. Very, yeah, that's, see, that's the keyword, right? You put SpaceX STEM Academy mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. Now yeah. you've got 75 yeah, applications yeah, yeah, STEM and day. Academy there. And I mean. <laughs> so I think Ooh, that would be on, a good hold one. Hold on, Throw the word international in. SpaceX International STEM Academy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be, that would be delightful. So that's one I would like to see. That's one. Um, I think we should have one based on MySpace. I realize MySpace is a dead social media site. But I think we should have like, there should be a top eight, right? And the entire classroom should be customizable for each child. You can put your own music, you can put your own colors, put your own materials. You can rearrange the people that are in your classroom based on who you like that day. I know great. nothing about MySpace, so I can't really play with you here, but um, it sounds like something you're really passionate about. So I would like to no, see that I'm program. Just I'm just that old. Yeah. I'm that age is like my space is where I learned to code. Like not well, mind you, I only learned to code so that I can specifically put stuff on my MySpace page. So that would be that would be a very uh, STEMI program as well. Yeah, exactly. The MySpace International STEM Academy. <laughs> I, I would like to see a a um, I don't know, a ice cream based early learning program. Oh. Um, this would maybe not be necessarily healthy, but this would be, this would be like real ice cream. This would be like uh, freezing. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It would take place in a, in a cooler. We've actually right up the road from about 30 miles. We've got one of the, uh, the biggest ice cream manufacturers in the country. And uh, I mean, they've got and these you huge coolers. Could start their early learning program. Yeah, they should, they should totally, they should totally put something. And so everybody's walking around, but um, no, they, they like grow at this place. They grow everything that goes into the ice cream. So there's a, there's yes. a dairy farm and, and I don't know how, I, I mean, 
stuff. There might be ice cream stuff that you can't grow. I mean, I'm talking like vanilla pods. I was gonna um, say, do you have a greenhouse? Beans, but yeah, there's probably a greenhouse. If you've got the technology to do the uh, the 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 deep freeze, you can do you can do a greenhouse. You can, you can make a greenhouse. And so everything's growing there. They and... also have to do the marketing. They have oh, to yeah, do the packaging, yeah, sure. they have to do the marketing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They so have think... to coordinate the truck schedules to ensure that they get to the grocery stores on time. Yeah, and I, I would love to. Uh, um, I, I'd love. I, I, I don't think I don't want Ben, ben and Jerry's doing this. I don't like those guys, but um, you're the one person that doesn't like Ben and Jerry. I, I don't think I'm the one person that doesn't like Ben and Jerry's. I think there's lots of people that don't like Ben and Jerry's. Um, although one of the editors of a couple of my books used to work for Jen, Ben and Jerry's ice cream uh, for their childcare program. So uh, there's a cool. little bit of trivia. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that was kind of cool. So there's the ice cream uh, child care. Um, I really like the ice cream one. We have SpaceX. We have MySpace. I feel like the Facebook one would look really similar to MySpace. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. I'm feeling like, I'm feeling like not zoo themed, not like at a zoo, like you're now a zookeeper is what I'm feeling. Like, here's a lion. Uh -huh. We're going to take care of this lion. I just heard <laughs> earlier today about a place where you can go to this place and you can be in the cage and they've got, it's like a, it's like a lion rescue place or whatever. And they get like 40 lions and you can pay and they'll put you in this supposedly lion proof cage. And you're in the middle of these lions and the lions will like lay on top that. of the cage. And, and so it'd be like that, but with four-year-olds. Yeah. But with four-year-olds, no, no, that sounds, that sounds perfectly safe. And not like a liability at all. Sure. So I, 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 I like uh, the. Oh, I the, had another idea, but it, it left. The it deadly was there animal preschool and <sighs> mortuary. I don't. That that doesn't sound right. That, um, no, no. It's it's like advent. It's like adventure. I feel like play school would come in. The like this, wild animal adventure play school. What's his name? That I that that Australian guy that got killed by that uh, that ray that stingray. Oh, Steve um, Irwin. Yeah, Rip. Steve. Yeah, childhood the, hero. The Steve Irwin um, um, adventure animal. This would have to be an Australian program. It would have to be a bush bush school program in Australia. Um, um, I think we should have an accounting themed preschool. Sure, sure, sure. All numbers. All yeah. everything is numbers all the time. Let's work on your typing skills. Kids come in, also, they get those little, season, those little folks. eye shades, those little green eye exactly. shades that, that I see oh, them wear. Stock market themed preschool. I, I'm sure that they probably, if, if you're doing bookkeeping and accounting on a computer all day long, you probably don't wear the uh, the eye shade like the old old timey accountants probably. Now you wear blue light glasses, but you can wear the shade for yeah, vibes. Probably. Depending on how hip you want to be. So there's that or... I mean, we could have things like um, the programs we have, and I'm thinking about very specific programs here. Uh, my buddy Melinda Marshall's program, um, her mountaintop family childcare program, that is literally what it sounds like. It's on top of a mountain, and it's this wonderful family childcare program that is very unique and special and has the personality of um, Melinda, its owner. Um, and that that brings a little bit of uniqueness to the program. And there are there are tons of programs out there that do put their own special spin 
on the way they do the work of early learning. And I think that's a, a bright and beautiful thing in contrast to the mass marketed, everything's identical type programs. Absolutely. And it's possible to do this in a center-based program. I've, I've visited lots of these programs, but I think it's something that happens a little bit it, it takes a little bit less effort just because of the size of the program to do it in family childcare. And, and so we, we can goof around uh, about these ideas, but I think bringing something special and unique to the way you approach early learning is a delightful thing. You create your own market when you do that. And I mean, absolutely. and there, there are programs that do, I know, I know one program that um, she, she it was family childcare program, but she just did school agers. She was there for them in the morning and she was there for them after school. And she, uh, she was there for them during the summer, but that's when her program ran. Uh, she didn't do young kids because that wasn't her thing. She'd done it before, but it yeah. wasn't her thing anymore. I, I, I know of a program that was, um, where were they? New Hampshire, that they were, they were on a, an old 40 acre farm that had been in the family for generations and the way they, they managed to, uh, to keep it in the family because that's not enough acreage to work as a farm anymore. Yeah. But they built the childcare around that program, and the kids were helping with the the chickens and turkeys and the goats, and and that became the program. And it had a delightful personality. And over the years, I've met so many. Some of them are listeners to this show, uh, caregivers that bring their own spin to their programs or their classrooms. And I would I would put you as one of those people that that bring their own uniqueness that is a little bit more real than maybe the rock and roll preschool might be. And I think, I think it's so much about that, right? It's that families and children, they, they can smell a phony, you know, they, sure. they know a gimmick. They don't need that. What they need is an interesting environment with a variety of interesting materials and a caring challenging person who wants them to thrive where they are and how you do that can look a thousand different ways you don't have to love being outside and you can still have a successful childcare program you don't have to love young children you can only work with school ages like I'm not a particularly athletic person and I don't try to be <laughs> I'm not trying to be something I am not interested in and I'm trying to bring my interests to the children and see what sticks to them. I've had yeah. a lot of them, you were talking about hipsters, so this is relevant. I have been using film cameras mm -hmm. for like the past 12 years. Um, I just kind of got into it and really enjoyed doing it. I like being in the dark room. I think it's really cool. And like two months ago, I you know, realized I had been neglecting my cameras and done anything with them. And I have some that are, they're just like, toy cameras you know they're plastic they're small and I just brought them to school and I taught the children how to use them and it was very funny for me because they know a, f a yeah they know an iPad and they know a phone mm -hmm. they don't know a camera they like even big cameras they don't really see these days so I I'm showing them how to look through it and how to take the pictures I'm like where is it I'm like well it's inside inside and when it's done I'll show you where it is and then I show them the roll of film and then I have like a dead roll that I was pulling mm -hmm. out and I was showing them the paper and I was telling them what had to happen and every day they're pestering me where are the pictures I'm like I have to develop them 
please get, give me time. I have to develop them. So when I finally get them developed there, first of all, a lot of them took really interesting photos that I was very excited about. And it was just great to see. There were several of them that would, was one in particular, one boy, as his friends were playing, he is running alongside them, trying, like taking photos of them while they're running. Like, that's really cool. Like this idea of what's important to you, you want to capture your friends as they play. So when I finally got the photos developed and I brought them in for the kids to look at, I mean, they are enamored because the colors look a little bit different because they didn't remember taking all of the photos, but they remembered taking some of them. And then some of them like other teachers had taken or like other classrooms had taken. And it's just become now this really kind of interesting little tidbit that we do sometimes where I will just throw the camera at them and be like, yeah, you can take it outside. You know, just don't break it. <laughs> the only thing I tell them. And it's been great for me because I've loved sharing that weird aspect of myself. I love the technical aspect of it. And I love the very random results you can get. Mm-hmm. And I love sharing the end product with them. And I love how much ownership they have over it. And I mean, I could sit here and spout off all the different learning goals that of course are happening. But at the end of the day, that's not my priority. Is, is there any way you could, is there, is there room in the, in the center you're at that you could set up a makeshift dark room and actually bring kids in there two or three there at a time? Is not. But I wish there was. There might be. We do share our grounds with a church. Uh-huh. So there might be room for me to say, like, can I use, like, one of your indoor bathrooms one time and just shut off all the lights? Oh, I think that would be delightful. I used to have a so dark room. Cool. It's so cool. Yeah. And I'm so glad that, like, I get to share this with the children. And now, like, all of them are printed. And I just have them in a little folder. And the, 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 it's in the library and they can go and they look through it. And some of the kids have gone to kindergarten now, but they get to look back on those photos and yeah. they get to see and they get to tell me what was happening. And I love that. And that to me is so much more interesting. I would never do a photography based preschool. Uh-huh. My God, <laughs> that's just too much work for me. And But and, I love bringing it in. Yeah. And bringing, bringing that bit of your personality into, into the work is delightful. And while you're talking, I, I, I'm remembering, I met a, a caregiver, um, her and her family, her husband ran a program right outside uh, the gates, which I can't remember which gate, but uh, of Yellowstone. And they were both uh, trained as biologists and they quit that and became childcare providers. And they would have like, like moose give birth in their driveway and wolves run through periodically. And so they brought all of that knowledge and interest in the, the flora and fauna of that part of the world into their program. I, I know well. a caregiver who I mentioned rockabilly uh, a toddler infant room a while ago and and she is totally rockabilly with the the uh the tattoos and the hair and the dresses and that that shines through um to some degree into into the program she provides and so i think bringing that that little bit of uniqueness a little bit of yourself because that that also builds relationships it brings exactly. people together um Look, uh, after 10 years of family child care, there are some some kids that I totally screwed up with my weird sense of humor and outlook. And and some of them were in the program specifically because of that, because their parents appreciated that. And I think that's that's a little bit 
a, a little bit better marketing strategy than than maybe maybe rock and roll preschool, especially hey. when they're sellouts. <laughs> Just be the person you are. Like there's a market for you. Yeah. There are families that value the person you are and the things yeah. you'll bring to this program. Probably. I mean, depending on who you are. I mean, Wait, I mean, unless you suck. But... Yeah. Unless you totally suck or, you know, the, the, the crack house preschool probably isn't a great marketing thing. That um, is not a theme. That that's not a theme you want to go with. Uh, sadly, it probably, it probably exists. Um, right. But we're not going to get into that. This has been the Child Care Bar and Girl podcast. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Rock on. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.